And I pray that you'd prepare our hearts to hear. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, good morning, Mosaic Church. I love that because I don't get to do that every week. Kyle does, and it's so great to see your faces this morning. I love that we are coming off with the mass and that we get to see one another. It's so good to be here. My name is Brian Plantis. I'm one of the lay elders here at Mosaic. I just want to welcome you all here today. Kids, if you are going to kids' service, go ahead and exit out the middle. Goodbye, children. Um, <laughs> Hey, I want to welcome you all here this morning. Um, who's excited about summer? Yeah. yeah, we got a summer party this afternoon. I'm excited. Kids in the room. How many kids are in the room? I want to hear you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, kids, what are you excited about this summer? I see some hands. What are you excited about this summer? That's awesome. I mean, that, yes, that, being bored, right? That's a, that's a fun thing. What, what are you excited about this summer? Summer, summer, swimming. Yes, there's a lot of things that we get excited about in the summer. And for me, one of the things I am most excited about this summer is having the opportunity to hear from different voices uh, over the summer as we preach God's word. Um, Kyle Worley, our, our lead teaching pastor, is out this summer. And so I'm really excited that we, over the next nine weeks, are going to hear from different voices. Now, it may sound like that I'm, I'm glad that Kyle is gone, that is not the case. Kyle, I'm looking in the camera. We're going to miss you. We love your, your preaching. We love your preaching ministry. But listen, for us as elders who get an opportunity to, to share God's word, this is one of the things at Mosaic that we hold in high regard for the office of elder, that, that the elders are called to preach the word of God to the, to the congregation, to the body. And it is good, and it is growing, and it is an enriching experience for us as elders to be able to get to do this, but also for you as the congregation, for you to hear different voices uh, over the course of the summer. It's a good reminder, and it's growing for you, and it's growing for us. It's growing in a way where, where we get to understand and model the fact that we, we as elders um, are, are being obedient to our call, and that in that, um, it's... It, that, that we get to hear the preaching ministry from, from others, right? It is good for us to remember that this church, Mosaic, is a church in Richardson for the city of Richardson that will never be about a person from up front, but it's always going to be about what God is up to in the hearts and the lives of the people in our church and in our community as we gather together and as we scatter together. And so every summer at Mosaic, we get to revisit our summer series called The Anatomy of the Soul, where we get to explore and learn how to bring our emotional life into our lives in Christ, bring those emotions into the presence of God. And we do that by opening up the book of Psalms. And these Psalms are filled with songs and praises uh, from, from the nation of Israel. The Psalms are filled with emotions of praise and faith and frustration and fear and sorrow they cover the wide range of human emotions, yet every psalm comes back to be centered upon bringing those emotions into a life with God. And it's my joy to be with you this morning to share from Psalm 1. And so if you'll open up your Bibles with me, I'm going to be in the first three verses of Psalms. And 
when, I, when I'm finished, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord. And you can, you're invited to respond, thanks be to God. And we, we, we respond this way because we, when, when God speaks, he has not left his people in silence. And to that, we give praise. So let's, see, let's read. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do we have any first-time guests in the room with us? Hands? I'm I'm not going to make you stand up or do anything. We're so glad that you're here. There's, there's a couple. If you come to Mosaic more than just this one time and you continue to come back here, I guarantee you that you're going to hear a common language that we use at Mosaic. There's a set of phrases, there's a set of things that we talk about at Mosaic that make up our culture here. What are some of those phrases for those of you who have been here for a while? Invitation, not obligation, right? That's exactly the one that I'm looking for. Invitation, <laughs> not obligation. Thank, thank you, Jeff Shelfo. There are others, right, in Richardson, for the city of Richardson. You know, God is good, God is gracious, God is glorious, God is great. Uh, we, we, we have a lot of this terminology, but invitation, not obligation. This idea that we, are, uh, we have the opportunity or an invitation to participate in some event, some activity, something that's going on with the freedom of obligation, right, to have to do these things. No pressure, right? But we like to be invited, we like the idea that we can be welcomed into community with others and what's going on, that we get to interact with what uh, the, there, there's a group of people that are doing. We feel included. We feel welcomed. And in most cases, an invitation is also presented with something, some, some incentive that we get to experience when we get to do the thing that we're invited into. For example, let me go through a few. You're invited to our grand opening. The first 100 people get free chicken sandwiches for a year, right? This, this is one where you'll set up tents to go to, right? That's an exciting one. Here's one that might not be as exciting. You're invited to our annual fundraiser. Come enjoy free food, drinks, and a mediocre magician. Sometimes we're offered the incentive before the invitation. Free cake. Come see Catherine and William get married. Now, What I want us to see, right, is that invitations give us um, something to give of ourselves, right? Sometimes it's our time, sometimes it's our thought, sometimes our energy, sometimes even our money, right? But, But what I want us to see as we explore Psalm 1 is that we're offered an invitation with a really strong incentive. And similar to Catherine and William's wedding, the the free cake, our incentive, is offered at before, before we ever see the invitation. In fact, it's the first word of the book of Psalms. So let's look at it. Blessed. That's how the book of Psalms opens. Blessed be the man who. In some translations, it, it, it's translated as happy are those who. Y'all, this is the free cake. This is, this is the incentive. What does it mean to be Blessed. Well, simply put, I really liked what my dictionary said. Blessed means enjoying spiritual happiness and the favor of God. 
Another one was enjoying heavenly felicity. Enjoying spiritual happiness in the favor of God. Enjoying heavenly felicity. All right, someone, you've got my attention, right? I, where do I get this free cake? Where do I get a big slice of emotional happiness and a, and a scoop of, of spiritual felicity? Well, it's, it's not an invitation with a specific time or place. It's not an event that we're all invited to. Psalm 1 is inviting us into a way of life, a lifelong journey of rejecting what is wicked and delighting and meditating on what is holy. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We see here that the invitation includes first and foremost a rejection of the way of the wicked. It's a lifelong learning journey. of rejecting what is wicked. And we see this progression. When we, when we look at Psalm 1, we look at this first verse, it's subtle, but we see this progression of walking to standing to sitting. And we see the wicked walking through life with heavy chains, being dragged through life. And the unrighteous the ungodly live these lives that are heavy and weighed down. They're rejecting the things of God, neglecting the fact that they belong to him. And so as these chains are dragging, they begin, he begins to be entangled in a life of sin. And the chains of life just kind of get tangled up in sin to where he, he's no longer walking, he's standing. And he's stuck. He's stuck to the space where he's just stuck in his sin. And that sin becomes something that entangles his life. It can grow him into a heavier person. And these chains, under the weight of these chains, just get heavier and heavier until he's seated. And he's seating, he's seated, just scoffing just stuck in his sin, scoffing at the things that are righteous. And this, this way of life is a warning for us by the psalmist and what we are being asked to reject. The psalmist tells us that the blessed one runs away from these things and he flees towards something else, something better. Again, Psalm 1 is inviting us into a different way of life, a lifelong journey of rejecting what is wicked and delighting in what is holy. So the psalmist shifts in verse 2 to the positive. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night. In this verse, we see the blessed man's emotional life, his delight. It's rooted in the law of the Lord. Now, when the contemporary Christian or even the non-Christian hears law of the Lord, it can be really easy for us to translate that into to the, the blessed man is delighting in a bunch of rules. And, and, you know, as we hear a non-Christian talk about the Christian life, oftentimes 
the, the non-Christian believes that the Christian life is about thou shalt and thou shalt not rules, a legalistic way of living to get in God's favor. And even as believers in Christ, isn't it easy for us to be a part of a life that is all about doing for God rather than living in Christ Jesus? What I want us to see is that Israel was delighting in the law of the Lord, and that delight was in a lifestyle. It was in a better way, a participation in a way of life that stands in contrast to the life of the wicked. A life that's filled with God's faithful promises and covenants. This law of the Lord set Israel apart, contrasted them against the ungodly. And the blessed one delighting in God's holy instruction, he's delighting in a kingdom-focused life that really looks to what God is doing in the here and in the now and asking us to participate in a lifelong journey full of God's promises. And his emotion of delight in this law of the Lord overflows into action. We see him meditating on this law of the Lord day and night. And when we meditate on something day and night, it, just, it doesn't just consume our thoughts. It runs from our thoughts into our words and into our conversations. It runs from our heart into our actions and into our daily being. When, when we work through life understanding that our delight and our meditation of our heart guide us into our daily being, I want us to ask ourselves, what is it that we delight in? Where is our heart so inclined that you are meditating on it day and night? Is it delighting in things that are holy? Or is it delighting in things that are chaining you down? Now, I want to acknowledge that we can talk about blessing and spiritual happiness And it can leave some of us discouraged. We can take a look at our lives over the last year and say, God, when when you wrote these things into Psalm 1, you didn't understand what 2021 would be like, what 2020 and 2021 has been like over the last year for me, as I've sat in loneliness and my depression, as I've been lacking interaction with others. Maybe I'm, I'm a mom with four kids and I feel like I'm overwhelmed every day. Maybe my, my wife has cancer and I'm, I'm struggling to find the joy in every day. Maybe I'm dealing with death and conflict and loss and loneliness and how does Brian Plantis feel that I can have this blessed life? This isn't for me. For those of us who are caught in a moment where this blessing feels far off, I'm, I'm there with you sometimes. Just consider this. This might be the very moment where God is calling you into delight, not in what this world has to offer, but in the truths that we find in his word. The blessed life isn't implying happiness is found in the pleasing external circumstances in life but rather a deeper happiness, a deep-rooted joy that comes from the life and participating in what God has for us here and now. 
Those roots are fed by the nutrients that we find that go way below the surface of our daily lives. But I do want to acknowledge and point out to us that we're not only developed by the nutrients that are in the ground, but also by enduring certain circumstances and conditions in our life that require us to grow deeper roots that go deep into our life source. Verse 3 says, Blessed is the man, or the blessed man, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Jonathan Woodleaf is a pastor at Northway Church. Some of you know him. He's a good friend of Mosaic. And, and Woodleaf posted something on Facebook the other day, and I, I thought, thank you, Jonathan. This is, this is a great illustration for my sermon. I'm going to steal this from you. And, and Jonathan uh, Woodleaf posted this. He said, one of my favorite songs over the last year has been Sean Curran's Catch Me Singing. The context for this song is a biosphere that's been around for a while in Arizona. At one point, scientists were trying to build the perfect ecosystem to see how life would respond in an artificially safe environment. Apparently, the first trees in the biosphere were growing faster than any trees that they had ever studied. But then, all of a sudden, the trees would just fall over and die. As they analyzed the environment, scientists found that the problem was that there was no wind in their ecosystem. In other words, there was no resistance or tension or difficulty that the trees had to weather. The scientists found that wind plays an increasingly formative role in the life of a tree, making it stronger and maturing it so that it doesn't collapse under its own weight. So this perfect environment with no wind and no stressors actually produced weak and toppling trees. So mosaic, a life with no winds, no storms, no trials, is a life that has little to depend on God for. And without these stressors in our life, it may look like that we're flourishing. But I don't know if we're establishing the deep roots that are developed by a deep dependency on God. In verse 3, the psalmist compares the blessed life to a tree planted by streams of water. But I imagine in that short verse that we, we're not seeing some of the storms and the weather and the winds that that tree had to endure. And we see that when those storms cease, that there is a season. There's a season where that tree bears fruit and we see it flourishing. And that there's nothing that can wither the leaves of that strong tree that has developed those roots that have been through those storms. Nothing that the world throws at it can wither. And the mighty tree prospers because of God. Isn't this what James talks about in the opening of his letter? He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let that steadfastness have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What's growing us into that tree? What's growing us into a tree that has deep roots planted by streams of water that's yielding fruit in the right season, that can't wither, that prospers? In Richardson, Texas, this summer, your invitation in the better way 
might look different to each of you. And that better way is going to grow your roots deep. For some of you, God is inviting you to flee from the counsel of the wicked, which you have walked for some time in your life. Your invitation is to reject what is wicked, to repent and to turn to God so that you can find your delight in a new life rooted in God's promises. If this is you, please know that the Mosaic elders are here for you and with you and that the members of Mosaic are going to battle alongside of you as you fight sin. For others of you, God is inviting you to just rest in the promises of God, to find deeper delight, to meditate on his scriptures day and night. In, in God, maybe you're being called just to receive emotional and spiritual healing from some past pain. This is an invitation into not doing, but just resting and what God would have in meditating on the promises of God in Scripture as you're reminded that you're beloved by God in Christ Jesus. I hope that you see that all things are, that are yours that are also his. And for others of you, God might be inviting you out of a season of rest. And he might be inviting you into further active participation in what he has going on in the here and now. He may be calling you out from being isolated and into active evangelism in your neighborhoods. He might be calling you to love uh, a neighbor, to, sh- to evangelize, maybe for the first time in your life, to share the gospel. Maybe two or three of, of your uh, gospel community families could get together and just have three or four names that you're praying for this summer. My, my hope would be that you are continuing to unpack what God would have for you as you participate in what he has for you in his kingdom life. No matter where you find yourself today, though, God is inviting you into a deeper delight and meditation on his holy word so that you can find deeper joy in him. The invitation to flee from the ways of the wicked, the sinner, and the scoffer, and run headfirst into the delighting love of Christ and meditating on the promises and in his, in his instruction that lead us to a blessed life will allow us to enjoy spiritual happiness and the favor of God and enjoy heavenly felicity. Let's pray. Father, we turn to you this morning. We ask you just to lead us to become thick, durable, mature oak trees planted by deep streams of water, and fertile soil of your holy word. Your beautiful instruction and your promises tell us that Jesus' yoke is easy and your burden is light. And if we would just come to you in submission and seek obedience into following your instruction, this is going to be a better way that will allow us just to enjoy a life that is deeply blessed I pray that no matter where we find ourselves today, whether we're the man with chains entangled in sin or the wounded man that needs healing in your truths or the flowering tree that is ready to bear fruit, you would meet us where we're at today and you would encourage us. Thank you for your word, Lord. 
Thank you for your son. Thank you for the cross. It's your holy name we pray. Amen.